At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine, and I'm John Wiener. Mississippi, it's well known, has only one place you can get an abortion. It's in Jackson. And the state also has a wonderful organization called the Mississippi Reproductive Freedom Fund. It was founded and is led by a remarkable woman. Her name is Lori Bertram Roberts, and she's black. Rebecca Grant went to Jackson to find out firsthand what the work there is like and about Roberts's new framework for reproductive justice. We reached Rebecca Grant today, not in Mississippi, but in a hotel lobby in Portland, Maine. Rebecca, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. Well, you open your report from Jackson, where you arrive at Roberts's house, where she lives with her seven kids. She got a phone call, which wasn't about getting an abortion. It's about dealing with a visit from Child Protective Services. Tell us that story. Yeah, so I was on my way. I was driving into Jackson, and the initial plan had been to meet at the what they lovingly referred to as the Fund Shack. It's a small house that Lori and, and the fund bought with, with some of the money that they received after the election. And so I was looking forward to, to seeing the house and, and hearing more about their plans for it, but as often happens in in Lori's world. She received a call, and and so the plans had to change. How did that end up? Yeah, so we, um, you know, Lori made the list of of all the things that that we needed to go get, and so we, a bunch of us, hopped in the van, and we drove to the Salvation Army and and picked up a bunch of items, and then we drove to a Walmart and, and spent long time there, probably more time than I've ever spent in a Walmart, you know, most of the afternoon um, cruising around and and picking things out. And one of the things that I was just so impressed by was the level of of detail and thoughtfulness with which Lori was approaching our shopping list. And so certainly there were things on there that that might seem sort of obvious that you would get to a mom, you know, like a stroller and um, baby blankets, you know, some stuff like that. But it was also, you know, buying 
cleaning supplies so that she could, um, you know, that she would have all the tools that she needed to, to clean her house or buying things like baby shampoo. Um, and of course, she's very outgoing and friendly. And so we would run into people in, the, in aisles who were there on their own shopping trips. And she would strike up a conversation with them or, you know, she helped her grandmother pick out a onesie for her new grandchild. And we ran into a member of the, another board member of the Mississippi Reproductive Freedom Fund just by coincidence in Walmart. So then she and her nephew joined our group and um yeah it was pretty fun we were cruising through all the aisles like seven people and and three carts that were heaped high with stuff and it it was a pretty uh it was a pretty fun way to spend an afternoon and how did the visit with child protective services go yeah so the last i heard um that visit went went okay but you know the mom is still having a hard time you know she's she's a single mom and, and she has three kids and um, she is struggling with some complex poverty issues, but she's still in touch with, with Lori and with the fund, and they're still supporting her when they can and, and you know, keeping an eye and making sure that um, if there's an opportunity where they can help, that, that they are aware of that and able to do so. Lori Bertram Roberts started out pro-life. How did that happen, and what changed her thinking? Yeah, so Lori was raised, um, when she was young, she was, raised in Minnesota and then she and her mom moved to Wisconsin and then moved to Indiana when she was 14. And Lori had been pretty involved in, in the church and and in the world of the church and, and raised to, um, you know, believe to to oppose abortion and and to be pro-life. And then I think she just had a number of, of experiences that, that evolved her thinking. And so she told me a story about how after she had, you know, she had a bunch of kids and she was having a hard time. She was a young single mom and, and was working multiple jobs and, um, you know, things were, things were tough. And she found out she was pregnant and she went to a, a Planned Parenthood and she didn't end up getting the abortion because, the, the pregnancy wasn't viable, but the care that she received there was really compassionate and it, it changed her, her thinking. You know, it, it, she realized that the narrative that she had been taught about Planned Parenthood or about abortion clinics or, or sort of, you know, reproductive health care didn't align with the experience that she had. And so, she, you know, she, she told me that, that it wasn't like that day she, she changed her views going from, from pro-life to, to being a big supporter of abortion rights, but it, it started her down this, this journey to to changing her, her beliefs on that front and really becoming an extremely dedicated activist and, and advocate for, for reproductive choice. Um, you know, I, I think Gloria is someone who is, is kind of a natural leader and, and a dedicated activist. And so before long, she was, you know, the head of, of now Mississippi and, and did some really great organizing work around there. Um, and so, yeah, I think, I think she just, I think the progressive community in, in Mississippi, you know, people tend to know each other. And so if you're really involved in campus activism, then you meet some people who are involved with, you know, national organizations that, that, work on reproductive rights and um, there's just sort of that that natural progression or or addition of you know I'm going to work with this group and I'm going to work with this organization that that tends to happen especially if you're someone like Lori who um, is very energetic and and really cares deeply about these issues. And I was impressed that she also engaged with the clinic escort program 
one of the more high-profile and indeed dangerous parts of this movement. Yes, so she um, and and some other people that that were also activists with the help of the Feminist Majority Foundation, they set up a clinic escort program because the the Pink House, the only abortion clinic uh, in Jackson, they attract a fair amount of anti-abortion protesters, like, like so many clinics all over the country. And so escorts play a really important role in, in helping patients get safely into the clinic from their car or, or whether they're you know, walking in off the street um, and, and making sure that, that the patients know when they arrive, you know, who is here to support me and my choice, who is an ally, who is with the clinic and, and the people who are not. Because it's sometimes, especially if you're a little bit stressed out as a patient, it's not always clear, you know, all you used to see is a lot of people outside the clinic and, and you're not really sure what's going on. So yeah, escorts play an absolutely vital role. Um, but then in, in, through her, the clinic escorting work and organizing that Lori had done, she realized that another one of the challenges is that so many patients have a hard time paying for their abortions. You know, um, abortion isn't cheap. It, it can cost a couple hundred dollars, you know, $500. $600, that doesn't include costs associated with transportation or hotel or childcare if you're coming from out of Jackson. Um, and so she started doing some, some fundraising and, and support around helping people pay for their abortions and, and the practical costs associated with it. And, and, you know, that's the work that abortion funds are doing all across the country is, is helping people with those costs. Because so many, so few people really can just have six hundred dollars they can pay out of pocket, um, and and a lot of insurance doesn't cover abortion care, and so yeah, so it was through the, the escort work that Lori realized that there was really a need for for some funding and practical support, and so she started, you know, getting involved in, in that aspect of the work, which ultimately led her to create the Mississippi Reproductive Freedom Fund. And in the nation, you say there's a difference in the thinking of the Mississippi Reproduction Fund between abortion rights and what they call reproductive freedom. Tell us about their thinking on this. Yeah, of course. So um, I think for a long time, reproductive rights was sort of synonymous with with abortion rights. Um, and, and that was a big focus of many national, you know, mainstream feminist organizations like NOW or, or NARAL um, or, or Planned Parenthood. And, you know, starting in, in the 90s, there was a framework known as reproductive justice developed by um, women of color and an activist group called Sister Song, which was trying to broaden how we think about reproductive choice. It doesn't just mean... Um, the ability to access an abortion, you know, to, to choose not to parent, but it also means the ability to choose to be a parent and be supported in that decision to be able to have a, a pregnancy or a birth experience that is um, compassionate and, and, and to be able to parent your children in, in a safe environment. And so it was really trying to think more broadly about both the barriers that people face to, to choice in a meaningful sense of the word and also not just focus on abortion. And while that's definitely an absolutely important part of, of the discussion, it's not the only part. And so Lori, you know, I think as a mother of seven and as someone who, who has dealt with, with plenty of, of barriers and, and obstacles to raising her family and, and also, you know, decisions around 
pregnancy, it was always very important to her to be able to support people, whatever choice that they make, and, and you know, only providing funding to people who are seeking abortion seemed to leave out a lot of people that she was seeing in her community who, who were struggling and also needed help. And so she, you know, her vision is, is really wonderful and expansive. She has, uh, she wants to do a, a diaper bank. She wants to do, and, and has done, a community baby shower and a doula program and sex education classes and handing out emergency contraception and, um, you know, helping people access birth control, all those sorts of things. And I think it's interesting because abortion funds all over the country, you know, they get way more demands and they're able to fulfill, you know, so many people need help being able to pay for abortion care. And so when I was speaking with someone from the National Network of Abortion Funds, which is sort of the, um, the umbrella organization that all these grassroots groups can, can participate in, um, they were saying, you know, they think that more organizations might be interested in, in supporting other forms of, of reproductive choice, but just, you know, they're struggling to keep up with demand for abortion funding on its own. And so... You know, Lori, um, and, and there's other organizations that are that are working in sort of a more expansive vision. You know, I mentioned in the story All Options in, in Indiana, and there's a, a group, uh, an organization called Choices in, in Memphis, which is going to provide abortion care, and they're also building a birth in the Whiffery Center. So it seems like, you know, more organizations we might start to see have a, kind of a similar approach to, to Lori and, and expanding beyond just supporting abortion. Rebecca Grant, you can read her article, Meet Mississippi's Fiercest Advocate for Reproductive Justice, at thenation.com. Rebecca, thanks for a great report, and thanks for talking with us today. Thanks, John. You've been listening to Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine. You can hear more interviews like this one at thenation.com, and you can subscribe to Start Making Sense at iTunes Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Wiener. Thanks for listening. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.